Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. T with HB is for everyone who dreams of a better world. Together, let's brew a new reality. Insecurity uncertainty or anxiety about oneself, or the state of being open to danger or threat, a lack of protection. In today's episode, I'm joined by my lovely, brave friend, Clover Scary at A Day With Krillness on Instagram. We talk about insecurity within ourselves, but also within the systems we live in, the food industry, the education system, and this is honestly the most raw conversation I've ever had on this podcast. We laugh, I cry, and it gets pretty intense, so I'm recommending a cup of rose tea, because I think that's soothing, and that's what we need today. Hi Clover, welcome to Tea with HB. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on. (laughs) Thank you so much for inviting me. Clover is one of my friends from school and she is in the beauty industry. Yes, so I'm 19. I'm currently a student at Surrey University and I'm studying nutrition and dietetics. Um, I've also got Crohn's disease, which I was diagnosed with five years ago. Um, And this year I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. How have your diagnoses affected your relationship with your body? Because I know for me, I find it really difficult to talk about my body at all. But especially being a girl, I feel like you're expected to. Oh, well, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll look in the mirror and I will hope and pray that my stomach isn't all bloated um, and I don't look all swollen because that's it's such a, a symptom of Crohn's and I, I just hold on to so much water weight especially if I'm on steroids and um, when I look back at photos of myself and I've just got this massive moon face it really affected my body confidence and um, I think I've just always had this like mental block with my stomach I think I always look at girls and I think oh they've got such a lovely flat stomach or their stomach is so muscly and as much as I work out my stomach is never going to be flat because I'm always bloated but I'm constantly having this kind of internal battle with myself because I'm especially being in the model industry I'm looking at other models and I'm thinking oh my gosh they've got gorgeous stomachs mm. and I am so nervous to show my stomach at all because just I think it's more the connotation that actually that's where my Crohn's is than the physical of it but um yeah I think that's probably yeah. what I struggle with most yeah and it is such a personal thing and I think insecurities in general everybody has them I mean everyone is insecure about something but particularly if you've grown up with pain or an illness or something that makes it even worse I mean 
I know for me, when I was at school with you, I always thought of you as one of the prettiest girls in the year. Like, I always just loved your clothes style, like the way you did your makeup, everything. And so to hear you say that, it's such a juxtaposition. I'm just like, wait, she feels insecure? No way. And it's just that reminder of everybody has insecurities. I think you would be abnormal if you didn't. Well, yeah, especially with society and just the media representation of I only really realized in the past two to three years when watching those you know high school films and stuff Rachel McAdams and Mean Girls love her fabulous actress but she is not a teenager in that film yeah and there is a reason for that because teenagers <laughs> no 16 year old girl has boobs like that <laughs> exactly and Hollywood don't show flat chests or problematic skin conditions <laughs> back me <laughs> I could not agree more because she, I mean, Mean Girls was one of my favourite films and I would look at them and I'd think, oh my God, they've got an amazing flat stomach and their legs and they're wearing high heels to school and look at their boobs. And I personally never had boobs. (laughs) And I look at them and I think, how? That's not achievable. Yeah. And it goes both ways because, I mean, I grew up being called fat because I developed quite early and baggy school jumpers, you know, I had big boobs, but it looked like I was just chubby, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. Except for the fact that I'm watching Mean Girls and thinking, I, I have the same size boobs. Why aren't mine, like, looking like that? Where's my cleavage? And and I, I yeah, and I'm like, wait, am I doing something wrong? And then I realised, oh, it's because I don't wear a push-up bra or I don't pad or whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, also because you're just a normal person dealing with everyday yeah. life and you're yeah. you're not being I, paid to lose weight yeah. every five minutes. So. Exactly and that's the thing and you hear about all these stories about these actresses going on certain diets or you know you look at these girls on screen and you're thinking they're perfect and that they've just they're just like that naturally and then actually what's going on for them behind the scenes is so damaging. Yeah well I mean doing that who is this you benefiting? can permanently halt your puberty um and I think hearing that is so interesting for me doing dietetics and nutrition because I everyone that I tell pr- pretty much everyone that I tell probably for as an exception you um that I'm studying dietetics has said oh great do a diet for me I need to lose weight um and literally yeah. everyone has said that to me. And one, that is not what a dietitian is. I'm I'm there to heal people who are unwell. Two, that is not what a diet should be. It's awful. And they just and they say, right, what do you think about no carb diet? And that as a dietitian is the biggest no no ever. Right. Because a no carb diet is awful for you and the amount of people that have said what do you think about a no carb diet and I think why are you even thinking about doing a no carb diet and and it's also each body is unique that is fact and if there is you know there is not one diet that is going to help you lose weight like there is not one blanket diet that you can use everybody is different and will react differently I've been on exclusion diets and what frustrates me is I've been on these since I was 10, 11. And when I Google for recipes to try and... Because I have to cook everything from scratch because I'm allergic or reactive to so many different foods. Yeah. And when I Google them, always the first hit and the first 10 hits is for weight loss. I'm thinking, I don't, I don't want this. I don't want that in my life. And I was actually thinking recently and saying to my friend, 
you know, I'm actually so lucky I didn't develop an eating disorder because my relationship with food is difficult enough because of the way my body reacts to it. Yeah. Yeah. But also being fed this, when you Google a diet, it shows you diets for weight loss. I could so easily have fallen into that trap. And that is, I mean, who is this industry benefiting, really? It's so it's so difficult because the whole food industry is totally rigged because they're wanting you to eat more, so you're buying more, but at the same time they're pushing all of these fad foods at you that are encouraging you to go on a diet. And, I mean, I'm sure you know being gluten-free as well gluten-free food is so much more expensive it is ridiculous not only is it triple the price it is quarter of the size (laughs) it is disgusting (laughs) it is is disgusting and it's laughable because it's like for those of us who aren't doing it as a fad who want a normal portion size yeah or i shouldn't even use the word normal portion sizes are different for everyone but you know we just want to eat guys i'm at breakfast having four or five slices of toast and i think oh yeah. my gosh and i'm thinking i'm so fat and that's such an unhealthy way to think yeah. but i think i've got, yeah. got five slices of bread on my plate yeah. <laughs> it's also the fact that because they don't have gluten they balance out to make it stick together and not crumble they balance that out with sugar so you've also got this product that is extremely bad for you because it's not only is it heavily processed it's also incredibly sweet and then within the film industry again you have this trope of i'm not like other girls i eat like you can't have it both ways but i've still got this beautiful amazing body (laughs) how have i done it it's all liposuction (laughs) it's so bad i mean legally blonde says it all doesn't everyone has a way of getting their body you know even if you're eating healthily you might be working out twice a day or three times a day which is not healthy or you might be having liposuction (laughs) or something like that you know you never know what is going on with someone and even if they even if they appear really healthy I am sure they have an unhealthy relationship somewhere. Yeah, either an insecurity or just something that someone said that stuck with them. I mean, anything. But it's even the fact that you can be doing all the right things and still not have that body you want because your body will react differently. And being on the low FODMAP diet recently for an extended period of time due to these new treatments I'm having... I've had more energy because of the other treatments, which means I finally started working out for the first time in my life every day, which has been incredible and I feel so much better for it. But I suddenly looked at myself in the mirror and I'd spent so long getting to terms with, I'm never gonna have that perfect figure. I'm never gonna have that hourglass shape. Like, it's fine. I'm, I'm happy with my body the way it is. I don't need to look like that magazine or whatever. So long deconditioning myself from societal expectations and then suddenly I have that body now. <laughs> and you're um, like, hold on. And I'm looking in the mirror and I'm thinking, this isn't okay. I'm unhealthy. Like, what's going on? I, like, check yeah. my relationship with food. Check my relationship with exercise. And, it, and it's actually just, I'm su- I've suddenly grown up. More. Yeah. I'm exercising and I'm eating the right things. Well, that's brilliant. Out again. That's so brilliant. Which is great. But my mental state is going, What? <laughs> It's, uh, you know what, I am a great believer that a body has a natural happy state. And I think... Absolutely. Exercise and diet. And actually, I think as long as I'm being healthy, either side of that, why not just let my body sit there 
because that's that's Ooh. where it probably should be exactly and I think it's the same yeah. same for you really yeah no it absolutely is and I think I mean it's just it's difficult enough being human in this world as we all know but these expectations of you've got to be on this particular diet or this particular workout regime actually none of it like none of it works without the other and you can be on the right diet with the right exercise regime and your body will still not be acting the way you want it to because you're not sleeping properly or because you're not drinking enough water or because you haven't got the right supplements or you're deficient in this or so it is such a balance and I think the way we view our bodies you know nutrition isn't taught in school oh but it should be it needs to be yeah so it should be yeah well medics and I was when I found this out I was shocked they only have out of their five or six years of training they only have 11 hours of nutrition training no yeah and I think that's awful that is shocking if you look at that is most devastating most things that someone would come into a GP practice for so candida thrush you know um being overweight things like that yeah. all diabetes of, yeah anything. diabetes all of that is completely reversed by diet like even candida yeah. switching to a low sugar diet it sorts you out and actually the first the first port of call is medicine because of the pharmaceutical companies and yeah, they're absolutely. they're the ones that completely completely dictate um the whole of the medical world and i think it's it absolutely. is it's such a difficulty because the NHS is partly run by these pharmaceutical companies, but it wouldn't need to be stimulated mm-hmm. monetarily from them. Yeah. I think if they could cut so much from using nutrition, I don't know. I it makes yeah, me so you're angry you're to think about. Right. But right. yeah, I would say it stems from greed and money. And you know, I want to say, oh, the system's corrupt. The system's broken. But actually, no, the system is designed to make money yeah. well, it's and that's exactly what it's doing yeah and that's why before they ask you what's your diet like what's your sleeping like what's your exercise like they ask you oh do you want this antidepressant oh do you want this <laughs> pill it's like how is that okay how is that allowed it's a quick fix for a big money bag and mm-hmm. that is that it's just capitalism yeah. and beyond that the food industry is similarly yeah well this is what i was saying before it's like they try and you know all of the bad food is ridiculously cheap so no wonder so many people are overweight because it's so much cheaper to get a multi-bag of crisps than it is to buy fresh fruit um and then if you want to buy into this diet culture like being gluten-free like being dairy-free um the products are so much more expensive to keep the market going and then there's the judgment of it being a fad so when you go to a restaurant and you're trying to explain what you need rather than the thought being oh, i'm gonna have compassion for this person they might have a health issue you get a dirty look because you think they think you're just another bimbo on the diet you have the side eye and you think you i know exactly what you're thinking how dare you <laughs> yeah yeah it's always the same look so (laughs) So those the external you know we've talked a bit about internal insecurities we've covered exactly how to fix the system yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's so simple (laughs) it's so simple just teach nutrition please i think it's fascinating that talking about beauty we've immediately gone to the underlying issues that aren't seen that are invisible or psychological or to do with systems and industries and 
not even kind of touched on makeup yet. But it's because I. Yeah. It's because it is all psychological. That's really what it is. It's not just your internal perception of yourself. It's also external points of view, isn't it? It's also someone saying something to you that sticks with you that is negative, and that affects your relationship oh, with your body. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can. I'm pretty sure every girl has had an experience with that, but. Um, I mean, I've got, I've definitely got two. I mean, I remember when I was in high school um, and um, just for everyone listening, me and last time me and Blossom called, we were talking about um, going to state school and <laughs> we were just riddled with horrible bullies who were not very nice to us. But, but um, that was so comforting for me. I hate that you went through it too, but it was so comforting to know that somebody else, yeah, that I wasn't alone. I know, but it just shows the stigma of a chronic disease. It's horrible. Um, yeah. Which the stigma of just talking about things. If we all talked a little bit more about our issues. How much would that change the way we... Well, ultimately, everyone's got someone that something that they want to talk about. And actually, if they did talk about it, they'd feel a whole lot better. Mm. Um, but mm. being mean is a complete coping mechanism. Yeah. Anyway, this... this <laughs> I was sat in French, and this boy looked... And this is nothing to do with my chronic illness, but this boy looked at my arms, and he said, Ew, you've got such hairy arms. And he said that's disgusting and i bet his arms were hairless i bet he waxes every day <laughs> oh he was as shiny as anything <laughs> um, and ever since that and i think i was 13 then and ever since that so six years on i've waxed my arms ever since because oh no oh clover i know i see a hair on my arm and i just think I instantly think, ew, that is disgusting. And if if I see someone else with hair on their arms, I... You're not thinking that. No, of course I'm not thinking that. But I see it on myself and I think, that is disgusting, Clover. Like, how dare you have hair on your arms? Until I started sixth form, I wore thick tights all year round because I was so scared of that happening to me, (laughs) of, of it being commented on. And... Because of my chronic illness, I really struggle to shave. It causes me a lot of pain and it's really uncomfortable and my skin is so sensitive anyway. It's just, it's a three hour process minimum. (laughs) And so I really don't do it very often. But there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with that, absolutely. But when I started sixth form and I met people like you who are just non-judgmental, just accepting... And it suddenly wasn't a big deal. And I thought, oh my gosh, where have I been? Like, have more confidence. But it is a process and it's traumatising. And you have to decondition yourself. You have to remove that stigma. And it is really difficult to do that and be comfortable in your own skin when you've experienced those things. Well, interestingly, just before I came on call, I was... um, Just disclosure, I have not waxed my armpits in a wee while. Um, So they're a little bit hairy. (laughs) good for you (laughs) yeah (laughs) but who cares embracing it I lifted up my armpits um and my brother and my sister who are younger than me so they're four and eleven and this is so interesting because it's obviously already conditioned into them they went ew what is that black stuff on your armpits and I said that's hair and I said you know that everyone's going to get hair and it's totally natural for everyone to get hair and they said but it's so disgusting. Like, can you imagine if girls had really long armpits? And I said, well, I've got many friends that do. And do yeah. I care? No. Should you care? 
no that just goes to show how young you are when you start receiving those messages though it's ridiculous i mean it's terrifying it's that's terrifying that that's drilled into them from such a young age it is and And and, it's music videos and things yeah it will it is sexism that's what it is i was shocked and he said can you feel all that hair under your armpits surely it's disgusting and i just just thought it's not disgusting at all like it's it's just it's natural natural. it's how we're made it is our most natural state um, yeah. yeah, and I was no, really shocked by that. So actually, I'm happy that I brought up that arm hair thing. It's a really important thing because it's good to be reminded that that problem still exists because if it still exists, then we need to be tackling it, you know? And in order to tackle it, we have to talk about it. As with a lot of things it, that are going on at the moment as well, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, exactly. It's good that exactly. things are being talked about. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I totally just, agree. It's interesting because you're saying, you know... You say to yourself, you see some hair on your arm and you say, oh, that's that's disgusting, I've got to get rid of that, I'm going to wax it. But to your younger siblings, you're going, no, it's not disgusting, please don't think that. And it's that psychological technique of talking to yourself as if you were a child, would you be telling yourself you're disgusting if you looked at yourself as a four-year-old, you know? Well, I, um, I don't know if you've ever tried this, but um, in a child meditation is exactly that, really. You're looking at yourself as your most vulnerable child toddler self and you want your that mom that is who we are yeah that is who we are that yeah. it, innately that is you inside you and actually if you can learn to reprogram that um yeah. that's amazing and it, and it is difficult it's challenging and it's uncomfortable and it's not a fun experience but it is re- it's ultimately rewarding because what i mean what you've just said about me having the hair on my arms and then telling that to my brother it's a total dichotomy and you've got all that guilt of feeling like you're a hypocrite i know it makes me it's sound not, ridiculous it's yeah no it's, it's not, not. it's not um no i'm not trying to make you feel bad or guilt you no 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 you're not at all but it's listening to it it sounds ridiculous but it just shows how powerful someone else's comment can be that thoughtlessness is so damaging. Oh, it really is. And, and you know, can be life-ending. Oh, of course it can be. Yeah. I mean, imagine, imagine if someone was on the edge and someone just said something... Exactly. ...of that you put to yeah. someone. You know, that yeah. that could literally be the tipping point. And I think mm. if, you, if you thought about that every time you were going to say something that could be quite mean... And that is how um, you should think. Yeah, of so course it should be. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. Because you never know what is going on inside. No. Yeah. And we talk a lot about that. We talk a lot about being kind to other people. And, you know, when you, when you, if you have a younger cousin or a younger sibling, or hopefully when you have children, your thought is going to be you want to protect them and be kind to them. And yet we don't give ourselves that same respect. No, we don't. And many people don't and give it to really other people as well. Yeah, no, it, it is really hard. I think we're, we live in a world where it is almost encouraged to discriminate against yourself and what what is the word just break yourself down um, really it's horrible self-deprecation yeah it's such a huge part of british culture and it's in our humor it's in our television it's in our media that is how we are trained to behave towards ourselves yeah but it's also a really easy conversation starter if you're quite new to a conversation (laughs) with someone and you just say oh my makeup's awful today or something (laughs) and you're and the girl next to you in the toilet goes yeah so is mine yeah that's a friendship so yeah exactly that's a friendship right there made done but even just but it's not good you know you say to someone oh you look lovely today and they go no 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 i don't no i don't 
And if someone compliments you, you'll be like, no, you're wrong. Of course not. And that is not healthy. Don't you dare compliment me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not a healthy way to behave. And actually, I was doing... I've been trying to do meditation um, since talking to Laura, who came on an episode to do some meditation with us and I thought I really got to be practicing what I'm preaching if I'm telling other people I'll try meditation I need to be giving this a good go so I've been really trying even though it really doesn't come naturally to me because my brain is just hyper um but I've been trying meditation um after my yoga practices and yesterday I was on the mat and I did a yoga and meditation for self-love and then at the end of the practice, um, the instructor, it's Yoga with Adrian. I mention her every episode. She's wonderful. But um, she said, well done. You did great today. And I was like, oh, thanks. Thanks, Adrian. And then she said, and so did I. I did great too. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What did you just say? <laughs> and I was like, Instant wait. bad books. <laughs> hang on. Why am I having that reaction? Why is my immediate reaction, wait, you shouldn't say that about yourself. And then I immediately cut it off with, no, it's good that she's saying it about herself. That's good that she said that about herself. Why am I upset that she said that about herself? Oh, because I don't want to say that about myself. I don't want to say I've done good. Okay, why though? And that introduction to questioning my own train of thought, I think that's the first step in replacing your negative view of yourself is how you talk to yourself. I completely agree. I I used to have, um, like, counselling with a psychologist and she just used to say, every circular thought or every thought that is negative, like what you're just talking about, you just have to step back from yourself and actually yeah. question your thought pattern because would you say that to your best friend, you know? Yeah, would you say that to your inner child? Would yeah, you say would that you, to any exactly, child? would you say that to your inner child? So exactly like like what you've said, you literally just have to step back and think, if someone else had done that, what would what would you be innately thinking? Because you should apply it to yourself. We never do, and I never do. I always put way too much pressure on myself, and I think you're the same, really. I think, I think it's it's <laughs> such so a similar. it's such a product of having a chronic illness is that you. Yeah. We talked about this before. You don't you don't yeah. just try and achieve where everyone else is achieving. You don't try and be normal. You try and be above everyone else to, yeah. to almost over, overcompensate. Because you're set inappropriate expectations by society. You're trying to reach that level of norm that we've been told exists. And because we can't do that, because we find it more difficult, we're actually going above and beyond that. When we think we've met it, we're actually above it. But in our minds, we have to go even higher. So we're probably doing double the work. Yeah. And there's this, there's this whole stream of... I mean, I get it all the time with uni. I get a mark back and I go, oh, I'm not very happy with that. But Oh, don't you think that's where it stems from? Yeah, yeah. Those, you know, being told a grade, being told you're a number or a grade or a, a comment back and that, you know, comparing yourself to other people looking at, oh, she's got such a flat stomach. Oh, they've got a better grade than me. The school system teaches you to compete and compare yourself. How are we living with that? How? I think it's horrible. Um... Yeah, no, I I think if you look at a fat number and it's there, even if it's 98%, you can always do better, can't you? There is yeah. always something to criticise yeah. because you're not getting any actual feedback back. Yeah. You're just getting a flat, lifeless number. Yeah. And then I've got to apply my own feedback to that. And 
nine times out of ten, that's going to be negative feedback. I think people experience that whether they are disabled or chronically ill or not. But I think especially if you do have a health condition, because you live your life at 98%, because you will, in your eyes, you will never reach that 100% because you will never be without your symptoms or whatever. When you look at that number, it's it's like your whole life, there's always something you can improve on. Yeah, of course. There and is. it's really hard to live like that. Because, well, innately, I don't, I don't know about you, but innately, I'm thinking, why is my body just not normal why does my body want to hurt myself and that is my deepest most inner kind of body confidence issue that yes, stems same, same. everything else you know I'm just thinking why can my body just not be kind to myself oh, yeah. I'm gonna cry I feel that on such an intense level oh, no, honestly I'm just because we're we're working so hard anyway and we know that these expectations are ridiculous and yet we are still putting this pressure on ourselves and we're aware of it and yet we can't stop. <laughs> oh, Blossom. I didn't mean to make you cry. It's just odd. It is, it is awful. And I, I don't know about you, but if I, if I see a grade and I think, okay, I'm not happy with it, but hey, I don't know, like I had to stop for a loo break and my fibro was really bad and I couldn't get up the stairs and this and that. And it, these are these are all total excuses that they're so relevant and and true but in a way that makes me feel worse because I'm just thinking but why couldn't I just get up the stairs you know and why do you need an excuse why can't you just be like oh I did my best or I mean I've been sorting sorting through all my a-level papers um recently and just came across essays I'd written that I'd got a good mark in and stuff and I never got to take my exams because I had seizures during A levels. Oh, it breaks my heart. It's so, it's so sad. I know, I know, and I am an advocate for you are not defined by a grade. I know this on on every level. I am aware that the system is incorrectly designed and that it's not my fault and that there was nothing I could have done. And yet still, seeing these essays just makes me feel so bad. And I feel like... I should have tried harder and I should have tried to get into the exam, even though I was literally in hospital, like nothing I could have done. And still my mindset is, why didn't you try harder? And of course you feel like that. Of course you shouldn't, but of course you do, because that's all that we know, you know? Yeah. I mean, we go to school at four, you know? I think four is way too early. And from four, you've got tests. You're just... Yeah. Your life... That's how you survive. That's how you live. You're... Your mentality is, if I got a good grade, I'm okay today. That is the narrative you create for yourself. And it's great. That one's in the bag. Right, work towards the next one. You know. the next one. Yeah. And that's not how life is. No, of course it's I not. wish life were that simple. I wish there was goal after goal after goal that you could just do the right things to meet. But school is not it's, preparing us for life. It's hoop jumping that the government has created. But in life, if you break your leg, you can't jump the hoop can you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you're going to go down a different path where there might not even be a hoop, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, that's how it should be. You shouldn't be thinking, I mean, again, my brother, he, he's been working up to his 11 plus and his SATs. Um, yeah, he's been working up to them for two years and he's only just turned 11. And I think that is wrong. I think that's so wrong. The level of pressure that is put on students of such a young age four to eleven 
to get a grade that isn't going to affect their lives at all. They think it is. Like, when you're in year six, you're like, this is going to change everything. This is going to be my life. Like, if I don't get this, my future is ruined. It's gone. And how damaging is that when we know that it doesn't actually affect your schooling career or your life? Of it it's for school accountability and it's for league tables. And it's, it's not about the kid at all. In my two GCSE years, I took both of them off because I was really unwell and during all of that time all I was thinking about was my GCSEs and I thought what am I gonna do I know I know how crazy is it that you are in survival mode you're just trying to live your body is failing literally bed bound thinking about is how am I gonna get this grade how am I gonna do this exam yeah and I get my grades back great grades but I'm still thinking "Mm, is that enough because I wanted to be a doctor and I thought right that (laughs) that is me done I can't be a doctor my life is over you know and I thought being a doctor was yeah. the, was the only career choice yeah. and where did that mindset come from that your life is your career and not your relationships and the amount you love and are loved your children you know yeah, yeah time for family yeah it really is actually and I think I've I've adopted the mindset that as soon as I'm out of uni I'm not even going to try to do a full week's work because I know that I can't. And from from the get-go, I've I've said to myself, I'm going to start on a four-day week and that will only and ever... even that is a lot. Yeah, that's le- yeah, this is the thing. That will yeah. only ever decrease. That's never going to increase yeah. because I know that yes. that is my absolute and maximum. Yeah. And it's yeah. horrible to come to terms with. Yeah. That's, that's the reality that we're... Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's taken, a long, it's taken a long time to think, actually you know, that's okay. I'm going to walk into a workplace and say, I physically cannot do this. Good for you. And good for us that we're thinking about this before we're 20. Can you imagine getting to the age of 50 and then looking back and thinking, oh, what have I done? <laughs> that regret terrifies me because I, I'm yeah. always terrified Same. that I do too much. And then you look back and you think I'm here and I've made myself literally could be terminally ill, you know? Yeah. No, through stress. Yeah, absolutely. That is yeah. one of my biggest fears, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so difficult. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this episode with me. This has been so enlightening and raw and lovely, and I'm so honoured to get to talk to you. Thank you so much. Yeah, and I've just had such a lovely time. If you loved this episode and want to hear more about Clover's story while supporting this podcast, you can find a bonus episode available on my Patreon now where we talk about her experiences with chronic illness and modelling. For bonus episodes, exclusive content and early access to future podcasts, sign up now. It's only £5 a month. Here's a little excerpt from the juiciest episode I have ever recorded, only available on Patreon. Being on the shoot with him was so difficult because he was so meticulous and you'd be holding these positions for literally hours and I just felt awful at the end of it. This is why I can't be a model, by the way. Lots of agencies wanted me. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't stay still. Time to kill over. <laughs> That's literally what I feel like. Um Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode please leave a review on iTunes and find me on Patreon, Instagram and YouTube at T with HB. Are you still here? Wow, that is so nice. You know, you seem like the kind of person who would love to sign up for my newsletter on www.twithhb.com.
Next episode is spirituality with my friend, the naked pastor. To find out why he's called that, you'll have to listen. But in the meantime, here's a sneak peek. God, or that which we call God, is beyond our language and our words and, and even our thoughts. So as soon as we realize, and, and this was one of the most scariest kind of epiphanies I had. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.